Thanks for joining us in the, well, in the studio welcome. this morning. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Well, well, this afternoon, actually. It's yeah, it afternoon is. now. Yeah, it is. So, well, what we're doing here today is uh, I'm doing the commentary, and yep. my name is Vernon, and I, this is the first time I've seen this. This is... You guys are doing such a brilliant job. Thank I'm you. Just, I'm just You're lovely. You can come again. <laughs> telling people what's happening. You're doing a fantastic job here. And um, self-financing, I think it's, it's, it's marvellous. So uh, it, it has to, it has to be said, we, we, do get, we, they, we do get a lot of help from, right, from our creators. wonderful, wonderful yeah. listeners, yeah. it has to be said. Yeah. Uh, satellites and all sorts of have all, we've all been helped out with, with by okay. them. But uh, so yes, yeah, sorry. What, what are they? What are what are the people likely to see later on today? Uh, well, we're going to start streaming. Uh, we're going to do our normal show, uh, and we normally do our show on a Saturday, right? Um, but because it's the air show, and because we've come here, we're actually doing our show live from the air show. That's going to start at two o'clock. Okay. And what's going to happen is our normal show, essentially. Uh, we've got uh, the. Uh, gentleman who's doing the commentary he's just going to come Dave, up. Dave Dave Smith. that's yeah, right he's yeah, going to come yeah. have a quick chat with us before he goes up up, up into the up right. into the golf he does such a good job on he that he does absolutely really does. Yeah. Yeah. looking forward to having a little yeah. chat he's going to tell us all about the aircraft and things yeah. before yeah. before the show gets started and then um, yes yeah, so we're going to do our normal show and we're going to try and cover as much of the displays as we can and then uh, when when our show is finished we'll just we'll do our usual news stories we're then going to basically film as much of it as we can okay. we're going to do some we're going to do a sort of a follow up episode in a few weeks Okay, excellent. Well, it, it, it's good. I mean, this morning it was a disaster for me, you know. Oh, I no. got here, I got here around eight o'clock. I I came on last Friday yeah. and set a load of speakers up because oh, I mean no. it's quite a big event. Mm. I got here this morning, and three sets of speakers are blown down, no. and oh, the speakers no. broken. Oh, no. oh yeah, nightmare, nightmare, yeah, panic, panic. Yeah. <laughs> Any damage? But, uh, some of the speakers broken, but uh. we managed to get enough up to get it all up. And I, I tell you what, it's amazing what you can do with gaffer tape. Hey, gaffer tape over my. Um, Mouth is what they call for. I better, I better go and wish you, um, but, but go and see everybody else. I wish you well and Thank greetings you. to everybody, everybody well, on we, your. We've got uh, a few people. Uh, Myla in the chat room has just waved, waved at you. Yeah. Oh, yeah. bless. Hello, wave. Yes. Excellent. Uh, do we have we found out what they're eating for lunch yet? Uh, no. Jenny hasn't come back. <laughs> Jenny to hasn't us, come back to us. No, but we do have. Uh, if you are listening, uh, ladies and gentlemen, we do have a segment. For, we do have some feedback from Jenny. From Jenny, we do uh, have some feedback. I don't from think it will necessarily cover what she's having for lunch. Um, but we've got a lovely segment to look forward to from Jenny. And we have got a segment from Pilot Pip as well. Now, Pilot Pip is our resident safety expert. Ah, and okay. he, he sends us a segment each week uh, to do with basically safety from the flight deck. Right. Uh, and it covers all manner of fascinating... We, in fact, we've had a couple, haven't they, where they've been about uh, ATC, so air traffic yeah. control yeah. and things. Well, I've definitely got to look in on this. Uh, yeah, um, do. Absolutely. I've got to definitely have a look. Well, you've got one of our show cards. I have. Yes. Yes. You can find Absolutely. us online. Thank you. Yeah. Guys, and, thanks uh, very much yeah. indeed. It's been good to and see you. I wish you well. And greetings to all your... Viewers and listeners. Yeah, brilliant. Yeah, yeah. thank you. Yeah, Bye -bye cheers. Now. Take care. Bye. Oh, wasn't that nice? Oh, that's nice. Yes. You're listening to the Plane Talking UK podcast. UK-based podcast written by a passenger for anyone. And here are your hosts, Carl Stebbings and Matt Smith. Well, hello and welcome to episode number 128 of the Plane Talking UK podcast. 
I'm Carl Stebbings and joining me live in our mobile studio at the Seething Charity Air Day 2016 is my co-host Matt Smith. Hello. Hello. And by mobile, what he basically means is that there is actually basically just uh, the kitchen table has been moved outside. Uh, <laughs> we are, we are we're in a gazebo. We're in a gazebo. Uh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. We're in, a, we're in the middle of a field ne- right are. next to uh, uh, one of our local airfields at Seething here, yeah. especially for the Seething Charity Air Day. Yeah. And uh, we've got uh, some, well, some great views, uh, which uh, those of you who joined us in the chat room uh, from 1pm uh, would have seen uh, the, the views over the airfield of the display aircraft, uh, which we have here at the show today. Uh, we also had a quick chat as well earlier on uh, with David, who is the commentator, who you'll probably hear uh, while fact, we're doing the show. What, what we're going to do is uh, we're going to play out uh, David's little uh, introduction to the show, and we're going to play that out right now. So David, what's, what's your uh, your position here then at the air show at Seething? Um, well, basically, I'm, I'm your commentator for the, today, and Ooh. I do a lot of the media. Okay. pieces amazing right. with the newspapers and so yep. on, trying to spread the word, get it out there, so that people know we're, we're here and we're displaying. Fantastic, yeah. So, I mean, obviously, it's been a, it's been a funny year for air shows. There's no two ways about it, is there? It has, yeah. Um, and I must say, I was so excited to see that, because that, there has been quite a few that have been cancelled, of course, yeah, sadly, in has. the lead-up to it. So I'm delighted sad. to hear that, that, that uh, this was still going on, because it's such a lovely lovely show. And, of course, uh, all raising money for local charities, which is, which is brilliant. That's it. And that's the key, really. That's the thing that we, that we do this for. That's the reason we, we put this on, is, uh, is to raise as much money as we can for charity. Yeah. Um, and obviously have a great day doing it as well yeah so what what have we got to look forward to today? what have we got to look we have forward to, yeah. uh, a fantastic lineup obviously with all air shows you do expect some aircraft certainly the older aircraft to go tech yes um so we have lost a couple we've lost our our um uh, hurricane oh, oh no which was a really yeah i was really looking forward to oh, that so yeah. fantastic no. airplane. much um under under spoken about yeah people don't really publicised what it did during yeah. the war, the fact that it was it was so much more um, prolific than the Spitfire, yep. possibly. I'm sure there's people with uh, different opinions <laughs> on that, so I don't want to get too much into <laughs> that conversation. Um, we've also lost our Yak-3, which, oh, which is okay. a shame as well, which is basically the Russian version. Right. Again, I'm probably oversimplifying that. No, 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 it's all right. Listeners. Um, <laughs> is, it, is this due to the weather, David, or is it uh, just... Um, it's basically, yeah, it's technical reasons. Yeah. The, the yeah. weather doesn't seem to be um, causing our display pilots too much trouble. Some right. of our sort of amateur GA uh, visitors yeah. have decided they, they'd rather not risk yeah. it because yeah. it is quite windy here. Yeah, it's it is. Strong. It is and very gusting strong. as well. Yeah, well, what sort of not speed? Not We're getting talking. sort of 25 right. and it's okay. gusting upwards, so oh, it's, it's a handful. And, and apparently about 2,000 feet, they're registering about 40 knots. <gasps> so if you're flying wow. something fairly slow you're light yeah yeah, yeah absolutely so, yeah. take you a lot longer to get here than expected yes. you'll get home an awful lot <laughs> yeah, yeah that's true yeah home in 10 minutes that's yeah it. uh so, so what else what well, else those got, are the cancellations so we've lost we've got those, but we've been really lucky in the fact that we've got two spitfires oh wow two, <gasps> two spitfires wow if what? one wasn't good enough yeah we've got two oh, spitfires, two spitfires. Well, so, but, um, things should are always better in pairs there's no just um so we're really lucky and it's um again if you're really into spitfires we've got a mark five Wow. Which is apparently very rare. There's not very many of those still flying, cool. um, and they were a real, you know, backbone of the Spitfire fleet during the Second World War. Yeah. And we've got the Grace Spitfire, the Mark Nine, cool. which is a, a, a trainer. Uh, it's got a second seat so that they could have trained with it. And it's a slightly slicker um, profile as well, so it's been upgraded to look a little bit more. Um, slick and yeah. obviously cut through the air a little smoother. Wow. So where, where are these guys come from with the, with the Spitfires? Like, like All local over the world. They're, no, they're, they're, well, 
it, they're UK based. Yeah, yeah. Um, entirely where they're based right now, I'm not sure. Yeah. Um, they're doing displays all over the, the country so they can be anywhere. And because the weather's been so poor over the last couple of days. Changeable, I think, is, a, yeah. is the polite yeah. way of putting um, it. Yeah. They, they've been sort of displaced and stuck at various places. So, for instance, the Blades, who are displaying here today, they were in Scotland this morning. They were yeah. hoping to be a little closer, but uh, so they had to get up a little early wow. and uh, make that drive. <laughs> Not, not, not quite here yet. No, yeah. they are. They are now here on station. Fantastic! They've arrived. Good. Yes. Um, is, that, is that that little random loop de loop that we saw as they as they yes, arrived? Yes, in formation. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. So they're all uh, yeah. they're all here. Fantastic. We've got a question actually for you, David, in yeah. the chat room from Tony S. Um, asking, uh, can, uh, can, you, uh, can I ask how the history of Seething Airfield, if you know? Yeah, of course. Well, we've actually got a, a very good website, um, and we've got a tower museum based here. So if, if you're local enough to, to get here, some of you obviously in Australia and America, <laughs> it might be a little bit of a trek. Yeah. Um, but it, was a, it used to be a Second World War bomber base. Liberators were based here uh, during the Second World War. It was obviously built by the RAF and then handed over to uh, USAF. Um, Liberators flew from here carrying out a lot of campaigns over uh, Europe um, throughout the war. Um, it was really quite a, a big base. We don't use all of the airfields, so if you look at it, for instance, on Google Maps or anything like that, you'll see that this airstrip is quite short. Um, it, it represents maybe a third of one runway, and of course there would have been a, another runway as well, so right. it's a much smaller affair now. Um, but we are still flying off one of the active runways that would have been used. Because it is, it, is it is an active airfield still, isn't it? Yeah, Very yeah, much yeah. So, yeah. yeah. Mm. yeah. And um, actually, Mike has put in here yeah. in the chat room as well. Uh, Mike is over in Portland, Maine. Yeah. And uh, he says here the hurricane did much more than the Spitfire in World War II, especially in the early part, but the Spitfire got all the glory. It, yes, and that, that, that is very much the case. <laughs> yeah. um, you know, you get the, the, the pretty, well, I'd say, still say the hurricane's a pretty aircraft, but I think a lot of people latched onto the Spitfire. It was iconic. Yeah, and that was it. And that was really yeah, the, the, the poster girl or poster boy for the. Uh, the fighter arms so um, it's a bit of a shame I think that the, the Hurricane is a fantastic aircraft and much under publicised yeah. yeah so and it a, is a shame, a shame it's, not, it's not here it really is yeah, so what yeah. else have we got to look forward to so we've also got well we've, we've said the blades yes yeah. Yeah. Um, they're extra aircraft and um, so these are all ex Red Arrow pilots oh wow so ah. they've got immense skill yeah. and uh, because <laughs> the aircraft are now they're prop yeah. so they can they can formate a lot closer and tighter perform so the people that get to see the show here today they'll be able to see the aircraft all the time whereas the red arrows tend to zip so off disappear, disappear, come back yeah. Yeah, they'll be completely within their visibility the whole time so that's really exciting um, we've got um, the glider FX team um, and they've got a fox cub glider now they displayed for us a couple of years ago and they are a fantastic display you think glider you might think actually the first time I saw the, the gliders was actually here la yeah. last year and uh, I was I was Really, quite blown away as to to what what they were able to do. With bearing in mind, none, no engines. I mean, it's 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 amazing. Oh, the skill. Yeah. They, they do yeah. say some of the best pilots in the world started out as glider pilots. Really? Um, yeah. That I, doesn't surprise me. I've been yeah. told it's a cheaper way of learning to fly. Is it? Other right? than the way I'm doing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Yes. You've now remortgaged. <laughs> oh, no. I think, at least twice. Yeah. <laughs> that's it. That's it. So that's a fantastic display. Yep. Um, they, they have been actually um, dropping parachute pilots, uh, parachutists, out of their, the glider during displays, not wow. in this country because of regulations, okay. but in other countries, yeah. and uh, wow. so that's quite interesting. Mm. Yeah. They're hoping to do that at some point here yeah, as well. Absolutely, yes. Because it's a bit like being a goldfish bowl here, isn't it? People keep staring at us. <laughs> 
all part of the. Have I? I asked for that. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, it's got a sunny tint on it. That's it's the British weather over there. Oh, to be in a warmer country, eh? So one of my favourites you've got back here again this year again is the bird dog. Uh-huh. What uh-huh. I, I just love that when you see that aircraft in the fly pass, it almost looks like it's, it's standing still. Well, on a day like today, <laughs> it probably will be standing yeah. still. It's, yeah. yeah, it's, it's um, obviously referred to as stall aircraft, um, short takeoff and landing. And um, yeah, Justin, the guy who's flying it today, really does show you what it can do. Mm. Um, and it was, it was perfect for the role it played, which was, was um, reconnaissance. It would also be used to, to mark um, targets for bombers uh, during wow. the Vietnam War. In fact, um, Justin's got the, the, the rails. Oh, I where saw the those. Yeah. would have been, yeah. would have been um, armed on. So you know, it's a great aircraft. We've got the, we've got the pictures. I've, t- I've taken some pictures on the uh, static lineup. But I will put them on the uh, the website and the, yeah. on the show. Yeah, show notes for the show. So yeah, we'll be able to see those. We'll do it with our wonderful satellite when we when we <laughs> finish broadcasting. <laughs> this is all very exciting. <laughs> so what else? What else have we got? Uh, we've also got a, a Hawk and Nimrod. Now I'm quite excited about this because it's basically an aircraft which 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 fell between the first and the second world war. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Um, sort of. You know, came to the end of its service just before the Second World War. Fantastic-looking biplane, fighter biplane. Yeah. Um, when you see it, it just looks like it's going fast, even when yeah. it's standing still. And again, it's one of these aircraft that we just you don't know, hear an awful lot about, but it was obviously quite integral yeah. in our in our defence, our preparation. Um, again, another sort of unsung hero of of the war effort, really. Well, well that's it. It would, have, it would have trained a lot of pilots up yeah. um, as they went through um, before they will have switched over to well, the more more successful and and better known sort of Spitfires, Hurricanes, and so on. Yeah. And that iconic name Nimrod. I think a lot of people would probably think that we're talking about the Nimrod as in the, 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 the no, Royal no, no, Air no, Force no. kind of yeah. uh, refueling kind of uh, aircraft. Yeah. But this is this is a, a sort of uh, well, the end of end of World War One. In between, so it came into service after World War One. So it was there, you know, when, when it was a bit quiet, but just yeah. being ready, being ready. But it's um, they also used it on aircraft carriers. So instead of having a radial engine, they had the more traditional the engine that we all know, kind of today, sort of a straight line engine to give the pilots better visibility. And that actually changed the way that they uh, the, the the navy viewed the use of engines on their aircraft. They, they cool. uh, for years were saying, no, radial engines. That's what we have on yeah. our on our carrier aircraft. And so. the designer said, no, I really think we should go a different way and after that after the demonstrations and so on the uh, the navy said all right cool we like what you're doing so literally carry on. a game changer is it? yeah it was yeah so, yeah, yeah. change change the whole and i wouldn't story. have thought there's there's many of these flying in the world there would be an awful lot no they're, no. they're, they're quite a rare and again because they're not very well known yeah yeah when they fall into disrepair there's less people that are yeah know, spares etc yeah exactly yeah. yeah. it's very hard yeah. to maintain yeah, indeed so so yes yeah, a real treat actually it is i'm i'm, I'm really excited yeah. to see it i am really excited to see that one flying fantastic so what else have we got uh, on the um, lineup? We've got a we've got a Rutland Long Easy flying. Today. Now what's that? Yeah. Explain so that to us. It's um, <sighs> some of the people that so uh, my wife who's not really into aircraft that much. She sort of says it looks like it's flying backwards. That seems to be a common theme with anyone involved in aviation. Actually, <laughs> <laughs> so rapidly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The other halves who could be, you know, it's like, do I go on holiday in it or not? Yeah, in which it. case, I think, I, I, think my, yeah. I think my wife's yeah. shopping today. Is she right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, yeah, I think I've just bored her to death over years. So <laughs> she's just like, right, just switch off any sort of. Perhaps, um, perhaps she's grateful you've got an outlet. 
you know, you come yes, to the air show, get it out of your system, and then go back and be a normal husband. It's a financial outlet as well, right. so it's quite an expensive. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm sure she'd, she'd rather I yeah. challenge it elsewhere, <laughs> shoes or... No, that's a, anyway, that's back to the aircraft, yes. I'm so sorry. <laughs> Indeed. So the, 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 so the, the run along easy. easy. Yeah. yeah, so it's, it's basically it's a home-build aircraft, generally. Oh, right. um, it's not that old, really, as, as far as development goes, but it's, it's really, again, a game-changer as far as aviation is. It's got a big wing at the back. Um, so the the canards, probably um, explain that slightly wrong. So the elevators are at the front. So it literally is designed backwards, prop at the back. Um, it looks from the from the cockpit a lot more like a, a fighter plane when you're flying it around. Um, it's an so it's a, as as a as an aircraft. It's going through regulation mm. sign offs at the moment. Um, so you can't necessarily get away with an awful lot when you display. Yeah. Um, but as time goes on, hopefully we'll be able to see them looping and so on. So, uh, one of the questions, I, I, I'm going to ask this question, I won't be at all offended if you can't answer it. Right. Obviously, because of what uh, happened um, oh, yeah. this time room, last yeah. year in the chat room here, uh, Tony's actually asked the question, obviously due to the CAA regulation mm. alterations, mm. Uh, what impact has, ha has that had on the way that you put this show together, essentially? So, I mean, what, what are the new regulations meant with regard to displaying aircraft and things like that? I mean, we're in quite a r rural location, so that must help. Yeah, and um, then it does, it really does help because... Um, yeah, we don't have an awful lot of major roads around yep. us. Um, I know there's a couple of road closures which I think yeah. start at 2 o'clock when... They when do, just, just before yeah. the air, air show starts. Yep. So we've, we've actually closed um, some roads off. We've had to do that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's part of the new uh, regulations. regulations. Um, we, we've always been very much safety conscious in regards to um, air show organisation and the flight directors always are. Um, I was in the pilot briefing just a few uh, moments yep. ago making sure that I understood uh, what was going on and all the pilots understand what's going yep. on. Um, that sort of element hasn't changed but it's just more paperwork making sure that everybody is absolutely belt and braces they know what they're doing when they're doing it where they're doing it yeah if there's an issue where they're peeling out to rather than flying over crowds or whatever right. they know what to do in, in certain situations so it, it's tightened things up and everybody's had to be involved in that the pilots the flight directors the CAA mm -hmm. the organizing committees and so on so it's it's everyone getting involved um, yeah. it does unfortunately also add costs so air of shows course, like yeah. ours yeah. We're, we're quite a small air show yeah. the costs to us which are passed on from the CAA mm. are considerable yeah. Yeah. Um, which is a shame which must be frustrating again because it's a charity uh, uh, you know is, we're here to is. raise money essentially yeah and that's, so. that's what we're trying to do yeah. but uh, you know we need to have we need to be safe that's, of the, course, that's the underlying absolutely. thing and as, yeah. you know, any pilot or enthusiast yeah. understands that and you make sure that's your priority you don't yeah. fly if it's not going to be if safe it's not going to be safe absolutely well I feel very safe here it has to be said oh, yeah, say, it's, uh, one of the advantages about being as I say in a rural area is, mm. is that you haven't got uh, and I, I'm surprised actually really that they don't like like with Lowestoft where they used to have their air show of course because mm. it was out to sea and it makes life an awful lot easier I suppose it does in some respects but then also you have um, occasionally have weather restrictions of when you've got aircraft out to sea if the weather's not behaving it can really cause issues and there's some some shows this year where the aircraft display over the sea and they've just they vanished into fog and mist and all yeah. sorts of things so it, it you know it's a double-edged sword really so i, I heard uh, also we've got uh, morris coming in uh, with his mustang yes we're great fans of morris yes, yeah he, he's a big supporter of uh, our air show and uh, yes he will be here in his mustang oh i'm looking forward to that he, he gives uh, gives us quite in the area where we live here uh in all the villages around this area he gives uh, people quite frequent air shows Yes, kind of does. free of charge. He's always <laughs> yeah, flying. Yeah. He's always flying his Mustang over your over, house. over yeah. the house. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, it, you know, you can you can hear when he puts it in a dive. You can hear that Mustang whine. It's, a, oh, it's, it's fantastic. Stunning, isn't it? Yeah. In fact, my my um, parents-in-law 
they have a farm just under his final approach, so um, I'm constantly sticking my head out the window. <laughs> yeah, to have a look at it. Oh, what's that? Yeah, yeah. yeah. absolutely. Uh, one of the questions that they just asked in the chat room here is, uh, what are the charities that uh, that we are collecting for today? Yeah. Okay. And uh, is there a way that they can donate? Um, some of our listeners have expressed an interest in, in, in donating. donating. Well, that's really good and very kind of everyone. Um, well, do you have an online way of doing it? We don't okay. specifically ourselves. However, All right. Well, what the I can will have. Right, sure. okay. I say all the other option is if you actually send, uh, we can do it through PayPal. Yeah. You yeah. can send it to us, and as long as you put in there the reference of seething, uh, any donations that we get with the, with the label of seething, we will pass on. Yeah, we can send those yeah. So you can do yeah. that usually. If you go to our website, which is www.plaintalkinguk.com, there is a donate button in there, and if you put your reference in there as uh, seething, uh, just make sure, I don't mind what else you put in there, just make sure it says the word seething in there. If you wish to donate, uh, then we will pass those on to yeah, you. Yeah, we can. Yeah. 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 So, uh, so we're raising money for the East Anglia Air Ambulance, yeah. which is a big um, big charity that we believe in here. And obviously, yeah. as you know, most air ambulances um, are not funded yep. by, um, by the government, by the government yeah. or the NHS or anything. So um, they very much rely on charitable donations. And, um, you know, everyone, is, it's not rocket science to work out that having an air ambulance available yeah. in serious accidents is, is invaluable. It's, it's, yeah, it's, it's a great it's, charity. It's, it cuts down time of um, yeah. getting people to, to hospital. Very much so. Infinitely. Yeah. So that's uh, one of our big ones. So we're regular supporters of them. And uh, the other one is the East Anglia Children's Hospice, which each. Cool. Um, and, uh, you know, they're looking after young people. They do an awful lot in this area. They're, they're really out there pushing the word. Um, and, um, you know, it's something that certainly a lot of our club members think is a really important charity. So um, we're very proud to be looking, well, supporting both of them. Well, look, David, we better, we better let you get away. because well, Before you, you, need you go, to, oh, before yes. you go, actually, just a quick, uh, before we wrap up, a quick uh, background on yourself, oh, your, yeah. your aviation passion, your background. Right. Okay, um, well, um, I've been flying now, well, I started learning about seven years ago. I've had my license right. for about three years. Oh, good. Um, so, you see, he's finished his car. All right, all yeah, right. Yeah, I'm sorry. It's, uh, <laughs> it is, I, it's, it's, a, it's an uphill struggle. Yeah. Um, but I, my big thing is I love uh, seaplanes, so I managed to uh, get, oh, out to, wow. uh, get out to Hawaii last year. On my honeymoon, uh, oh, I've definitely no. married the right person. <laughs> <laughs> she, chose, so she chose Hawaii, I thought it was yeah. fantastic. And it's because I could go and do my seaplane rating. So I managed to get that, and that was that was an amazing experience. Um, flying around uh, Honolulu and oh, and wow. um, getting stuck into all the big. It's funny you there. say that because when we when uh, me and my wife had our honeymoon in the Maldives, uh, our transfer to the island was via seaplane yeah. with the twin arm. Really island. fantastic! Yeah. The best experience of flying I think I've ever had really? on a seaplane. Yeah, the first time I'd ever been in a seaplane, I was P one. It was I was under yeah. pilot under instruction, yeah. so it was very much you know steep learning curve get in there but it's it's amazing it's just the fact that the runway is always moving just makes it a little bit more interesting <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah scary i think is another word but well, there is that <laughs> so where, where uh, is your is your love of sort of commercial or military or a bit of both or are you you a GA? To be honest, i'm you know it's got wings on it okay yeah that's I'm good. Absolutely right. okay. Like that. and if i get I like to be uh, you know p1 get a get a go on the controls i'm i'm Shuffle to bits. Yeah, really? anything that wing, anything with wings. Okay. Uh, now there is a gentleman by the name of Jim who's been wandering around, driving us nuts most of the day. Who's who? Who's a, one of these rotary type? Right. Um, oh, he flies one of those. He's one of things those, those helicopter yeah. 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. He's been a pest most of the day. I'm not going to lie. Uh, but <laughs> yes. So I mean, any desire for like, is it, is it any aircraft or, or is it more fixed you know, wing? Uh, to be honest, yeah, it is any aircraft. I, but yeah. I, I have been. I was, I was flying with an ex um, RAF test pilot um, in, a, in an aircraft. 
party built it. And I was, I was just, you know, we're flying around. And I asked him, I said, you never had any incidents? Yeah. And he says, yeah, I've, I've been in two crashes. Oh, great. He said, both helicopters. Okay. I don't fly helicopters anymore. Fair enough. So, okay. uh, you know, yeah, if, if he... Right. Uh, if it's, I, suppose, I, I mean, that, that's the thing. I, and I did, I did say this to him when we interviewed Jim, actually. But one of the things that... When the, the thing is, is they're, they're, they're like any aircraft. I mean, you, you plan as best you can to make sure nothing goes wrong, but they don't glide, do they? So no. if, if something goes wrong, they just fall out of the sky. You've got to be they? very yeah. quick on the old collective, I believe. Yeah. It's, it's literally split <laughs> seconds to get the collective <laughs> yeah. down, depending yeah. on the size of the engine. Otherwise, you've lost rotation. You're not going to water rotate, and yeah, it does fall out wow. of the sky. But um, yeah, yeah I, I can see the attraction. I, you know. Yeah. Now, before you go, yes. this is a question we ask when we interview the pilots on the show at the air shows that we do around the country. It's one of the questions we always ask before we wrap up the interview mm. uh, given the chance to fly any aircraft in the world right. either flying or retired okay. you were given the chance to just whip off now we're putting go, on the spot go now. for a flight yeah. what would yeah. it be now it, I, I used to say a DC3 Dakota that was Ooh, you know it was iconic aircraft just amazing but now that I've had a taste of seaplanes, I don't know, something like a Catalina flying boat. <gasps> that would be... Do you know, Mike is wetting himself. He is literally... It is. Yeah. There's one at Duxford. You yeah. get to look at it. It just, it yeah. just looks We actually saw one flying at uh, Farnborough, which was right. wonderful. Yeah. And uh, yeah. we, we've got a great interview, actually, which we'll be putting out in a few weeks uh, with one of the pilots we have, from yeah. that. And it, yeah. oh, it was yeah. just fantastic. I mean, I'm hoping to get one here at some point. So oh, that would be if you watch this space, you never know. You might see one here. So there we go, Micah. You're in the chat room. I know you... There she is. So remember, Micah, just get a flight over from Portland, Maine and come and see us here and you'll be able to see the PBY <laughs> next year that's in the wish list yeah. Yeah. absolutely yeah fantastic well thank you ever so much for joining us on yeah. the show this uh, this afternoon and uh, we're going to let you go up to your commentating duties now yep. yes it's and a little windy uh, up there but yeah. um, yes absolutely yeah. and fingers crossed for an absolutely awesome show let's hope the weather the sun's coming the wind, out now look the wind, is, the wind's yeah. actually dro- I think the wind it dropped is due, a little bit yeah thanks very much guys a pleasure thanks for coming to see us enjoy the rest of your show all the best take care thanks guys bye bye yeah. How are you? How are you anyway, mate? You've you've had a bit of a stress this morning with all the equipment and the. It's and actually. The sa- I'm we, actually we, delighted we, to say it's gone quite smooth, Matt. <laughs> what are we using to broadcast the show this we're week? We're using the satellite, ladies and gentlemen. We are beaming live we via are. satellite uh, straight to YouTube, which is very exciting. And so far, touch wood. It's worked. It's it's going I right, know, isn't it? It's yeah, worked. we've been broadcasting now. Um, as I say, we we started streaming about one o'clock, although it's now quarter past two here yeah. In, yeah. in the UK. Um, it is uh, Sunday, the fourth uh, of September. Yep. And uh, as Carlos said a moment ago, we are here at the Seeding Air Show. Yeah, we're going to do. If I put my camera on, I'll show you the yep. wonderful dis- little um, program that we have here from the seething air display. There we go. This is the program. Yeah. So I was just trying to catch the bird dog while it was... Put okay. to, yeah, sorry. <laughs> There's the display for the... Uh, for the TV Look at that. Yeah. yeah. It's a lovely little... Sponsored display. by the EDP. That's our yeah. local newspaper rag. Lovely little yeah. display. It's, um, it's great with there. chips, actually. The EDP. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think... They don't wrap them in newspaper anymore, do they? They're not allowed to, are they? Thank you, Myla. Thank you, Myla, for your kind words. Very kind of you. So, I suppose we better start the show then, Matt. We, we had, yes, I guess so. So we're going to kick off the show then, as we do each week, with our rundown of the weekly news from around the world and the UK. So if you're ready, Matt... Yes, yes, yes. Let's go. So kicking off this week's first news story then, and this one uh, is a bit of a sad story really, mm. but um, he's uh, lived to a ripe age on Flight Global site. This one is regarding uh, Boeing 747 designer uh, Sutter. 
uh, Joe Sutter, who has died, so, uh, um, unfortunately, at the age of 95. But what wow. an amazing age, though. Uh, well, um, and what an amazing achievement. Yeah, Boeing engineer and aircraft designer Joe Sutter, who achieved aviation icon status as the father of the 747, uh, died on the 30th of August, uh, age 95. Uh, known principally for uh, ushering the West's first ever wide-body airliner into service in 1970, barely four years after the program launched despite severe technical supply and production obstacles. Sutter also played a pivotal role in the multiple Boeing aircraft programs spanning seven decades. Uh, Joe lived an amazing life and was an inspiration not just to those of us at Boeing, uh, this is what the guy said at Boeing, but to the entire aerospace industry. And uh, this is what uh, Boeing Commercial Airplanes President and Chief Executive Ray Connor wrote to employees. Sutter, a native of Seattle, began his career with a summer job at Boeing in 1940 while studying for an aeronautical engineering degree at the University of Washington. Uh, in Library of Boeing history books, Sutter's role in the company is widespread from delivering the technical data that drove the decision to use the T-tail on the 727 to recommending underwing potted engines on the original 737-100. Uh, and the story goes on just pursuing a wasp away as a wasp in <laughs> not other flying uh, things have been hassling us here. But uh, Sutter continued to champion the 747 program well into the last decade after several larger versions were dropped. Boeing finally agreed to launch another stretch version uh, of the widebody in 2006, thanks largely to inheriting a pair of GE Aviation engines leveraged from the 787 program. For several more years, Sutter continued to believe in an even larger stretch of the 747 with about 550 seats. Uh, which uh, was still a possibility, but the 747-8 has sold poorly with airlines, with, uh, while the freighter variant struggles to gain traction in a, a stagnant air cargo market. Uh, a bit of a sad story to start mm. to the uh, show there, but uh, what a legendary chap uh, Joe Sutter is, you know, designing an iconic aircraft such as the, the 747, um, which I've only ever flown on once, and that was back in February uh, to uh, to Vegas with Virgin. But uh, no, um, a really s a sad story, but uh, what, a, what a, a true, absolute uh, gent. What a pioneer, wasn't he? I mean, And a pioneer, yeah. yeah there's a good picture pioneer. there, Matt's put yeah. up on the screen. Of uh, of Joe Sutter standing at the steps of uh, of the first, I think it was the test aircraft. There, was it? Uh, which they've got on display at one of the museums. So uh, so yeah. So moving on to the next story. Then this one is a special story straight for Matt. Yes, as per usual, story number two always seems to be one that tries to get me into trouble, and it's on the Bloomberg website. This one, and the headline is Ryanair interested in extra Boeing 737 jets if orders cancelled. Hey. That's really strange. I was into because oh, they're 737s at the moment, aren't they? So, they are. Yeah. So, yeah. Okay, right. Yeah. So Ryanair Holdings PLC could snap up more Boeing uh, Boeing Company 737s. Uh, should other carriers shy away from orders amid softening demand? Uh, Chief Executive Office, uh, sorry, Chief Executive Office Michael O'Leary has said uh, Ryanair is interested in uh, sourcing extra single aisle planes, even though it has 115 current generation 737-800s due for delivery over the next few years, followed by 100 updated 737 MAX 200s arriving from 2019, and is also exploring a further MAX order. If additional slots became available in 2017 or 18, we'd happily take them, O'Leary said in an interview in London. If Boeing have more cancellations and all of a sudden, instead of having oversold their order book, they now have underplaced aircraft, I'm sure they'll come back to us. Additional planes would replace um, 
uh, with, sorry, the additional planes would replace some of the Ryanair's older 737-800s, uh, the CEO said, adding that the carrier struck a similar deal for 15 surplus Dash 800s earlier this decade, uh, taking delivery in 2014 and 15. Boeing doesn't comment on client discussions, uh, spokesman Doug Alder said by email. Uh, Ryanair is, meanwhile, continuing talks with Boeing over exercising options for 100 more MAX 200s, a higher density upgrade of the 737-800 for which the Dublin-based company is the launch customer. A final decision on a follow-on order doesn't uh, need to be taken until 2018, O'Leary also said. With Boeing and Airbus uh, Group CE each accelerating production of their single-aisle jets to around 60 a month by the end of the decade from 42 currently, Ryanair could expect to get hefty discounts if deferrals and cancellations increase. If all it, it all depends on the price. If we if we could get them for free, we would take a huge amount. O'Leary quipped. There's a surprise. <laughs> so, so basically, Matt, what 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 the what it means is then is that um, Ryanair are hoping that all these other airlines don't don't buy these aircraft that right. they've ordered okay. from Boeing. So suddenly they've got so a load of surplus aircraft. They've got load of surplus and aircraft, and, and Ryanair yeah, can uh, grab. Just put the uh, air show cam on there. We've got some uh, some activity behind us. Oh, have uh, we? On the, uh, what we got on the air show circuit there. Ah. So what, what have we got flying at the moment? I think without, without, we're kind of facing the wrong way here. We are a bit, um, yes. We're I having to rely this, a bit uh, on our wide camera. Yeah. I think the this is the extra display team. Oh, is it? I think so. I'm just going to switch to, oh, okay. uh, to there. We're going to quickly go, go into Oh, they're busy doing something. Oh, smoke, smoke. <laughs> Indeed, yes. Uh, as a, uh, those of you watching on YouTube, sorry guys, we 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 were hoping to have uh, sort of a static camera um, with someone following uh, the action with a, with a long long lens essentially, but unfortunately we're a bit short staffed here today, and uh, and our plans didn't quite go according to plan. But uh, anyway, on to the next story, Carlos. So, yeah, we're going to leave that uh, shot of the widescreen of the uh, show or the uh, air show while I do the story. Uh, the next story is on Reuters website, and the headlines that uh, Japan's ANA says 787 engine repairs could take three years. Uh, now, this is a story that we covered last week in the show uh, with the, uh, the, the well, ANA grounding their 787s due to a problem with the engines. So Japanese carrier ANA Holdings said on Tuesday it could take as long as three years to replace faulty turbine blades in the Rolls-Royce engines, powering its Boeing 787s. ANA said last week that under certain flight conditions, some of its 50 Dreamliners have been affected by vibrations caused by cracked turbine blades in the rear sections of the engines, forcing three flights since February to return to airports in Japan. The carrier has halted 18 flights uh, this month, resulting in 82 or million yen or $800,000 in lost revenue as it works on the jets and says it may cancel other flights in the coming months. Rolls-Royce has so far said that the problem is limited to a portion of 787s operated by the Japanese airline. It's an issue, but it's a manageable issue, uh, Rolls-Royce Chief Executive Warren East told Reuters after a business forum hosted by the German Foreign Ministry in Berlin on Tuesday. With the more intensive use, the natural wear and tear on the engines happens sooner, he said. All of ANA's Dreamliners are powered by the Rolls-Royce engines, and the Japanese airline, which was the 787's launch customer, is the biggest operator of the Boeing plane, with more than a tenth of the global fleet. Of the 445 Dreamliners in operation worldwide, around 40% use the Rolls-Royce engines, according to Boeing. 
Other operators of the 787s equipped with Rolls-Royce engines include British Airways, Air China, Air New Zealand, Latam Airlines Group and Singapore Airlines. Airlines that order the 787 Dreamliner can choose between the Rolls-Royce engines and the General Electric uh, Company's GNX engines, or the GenX engines. Rolls-Royce shares traded down 1% at seven, uh, 776.5 pence as of uh, 9.19 GMT this week on Tuesday, underperforming Britain's blue chip index, uh, the FTSE, which was up 0.1%. Uh, ANA shares closed at 0.25% lower than uh, than uh, at uh, 277.9 yen in Tokyo, uh, compared with a 0.07% decline in the Nikkei uh, 225 index. And we've got a little picture there. Matt can pop up on the screen of uh, of the ANA's 787 there, uh, which is it's a shame. It's it's a real shame. This is Matt that uh, you know they've had the issues with the with the 787 again with these engines but like uh, we said in the previous show this is an, uh, uh, a problem with the engine uh, not the actual 787 Dreamliner itself mm. but also what uh, what you've got to remember is if we Matt go back to the uh, the wide shot again if we have to remember Matt that these aircraft yep. that ANA are using they're doing a heck of a lot of very very short and frequent flights so it's a lot of takeoffs right. and a lot of landings yep. a lot of you know full power takeoff and landings and, and stuff in within uh, the area that these aircraft are based in yeah. uh, in Japan so you know these engines are under a heck of a lot of strain on a daily basis yeah. more so than one that's going from say the UK to to Japan say a 787 mm. is not going to be it's going to be the engine's going to be running at a, a constant speed for for an entire duration rather than you know stop start stop start stop start through a day so these engines have been put through a heck of a lot of use uh, you know since they came into service so you know, these engine problems could be you know, if you stood these uh, these aircraft alongside a 787 of say uh, Thompson or or, B or BA, you know that which have, have done predominantly long haul flights all their lives, mm. you know the engines are going to be a lot more worn in the uh, ANA's aircraft than you know the other aircraft. Uh, the other. My airlines. concern is if it is an engine base, what am I missing here? Could, wouldn't it just be easier for them to replace the engines, or is it not? It's a it's a massive job, man. It's a yeah. it's a I mean, real big know, job I mean, to replace. We, we, we've all had our Mark One Fiesta where yeah. we've. <laughs> <laughs> everything out we've taken all the uh, you know we've changed to put a new engine in it I mean it, am I yeah. missing the point a little bit I, it's not as straightforward as just changing the engine no Mike Mike has actually put in here that uh, he said that it seems to be partially environmental environmentally based on right. the corrosion from sulfur according okay. to Max Flight over at the Airplane Geeks mm. and if anyone's going to know anything about engines it's going to be Max Flight well that's true <laughs> yeah that is true yes uh, and also um, uh, Jennifer Parkinson was just saying that uh, sure that the latest APG discusses this this very same issue so uh, so yeah it's uh, it's all good so next story yes indeed yeah the next show uh, the next ne ne next not show, the next show uh, yeah, the next story is on the a website that's called the buying business <laughs> travel that's different you do find some random I know. random I know. sites don't you Finnair to install Wi-Fi on short-haul fleet now this is uh, we're quite we're now getting quite familiar with Wi-Fi on long-haul aren't we but uh, on short-haul um, Finnair has announced it will install high-speed Wi-Fi on its entire a320 short-haul fleet the installation will begin in May 2017 and expected to be completed by June 2018. In July, the airline unveiled plans to offer Wi-Fi on its long-haul fleet by next year. 
the customer service experience development at Finnair said, we are very pleased to partner with Viasat uh, on this project as we will be able to offer our customers the best possible Wi-Fi offering available uh, to on the market today. Uh, and that has the ability to, to scale once install installations have completed. Finnair's wireless internet access is free for business class passengers. Finnair Plus Gold and Platinum customers and One World Sapphire and Emerald level customers. Economy class passengers can purchase internet at an hourly rate for the duration of the flight. That's very good. Another airline then adopting uh, the uh, but the, the Wi-Fi. This is this is the way forward. I think you know more and more people are actually yeah. sort of people. People just like to be connected. I all think the a lot time, of the airlines across they? the globe yeah, now absolutely. as well, Matt. From yeah. what I've been hearing along the news feeds now, a lot of airlines now are offering Wi-Fi at a more of affordable cost. Yeah. Because when this first came out, the airlines were charging quite a bit of money for, see, for I mean, use I, of Wi-Fi. I remember when they used to charge you a fortune to be able to go on the internet in the airport, and even now, yeah. you can get a couple <laughs> of hours for free now. Most, some, most, uh, yeah. most airports are free. I mean, yeah. uh, Malta at National Airport, you know, <laughs> be biased as I am. Yeah. Yes, there's yeah. there's free Wi-Fi. Yeah. yeah, but not for long. It's a couple mm. of hours, isn't it? Uh, there no, is a limit. There no. is a limit. You have to log off and log back on. Oh, is that all? Yeah, it's oh, free. Yeah, yeah, you yeah, just absolutely. do a tick box thing and you get it free. Yeah. Uh, next story then, moving on, on the uh, Yorkshire Evening Post site, this one. And the headline uh, for all you budding uh, uh, job seekers for in the aviation industry out there. And the headline is Jet2.com set to create a thousand jobs. So uh, low-cost airline in the UK here, Jet2.com, has announced a major recruitment drive to hire a thousand new pilots cabin crew and engineers with 135 of these being uh, created at Leeds Bradford Airport. Uh, to support this to drive, the company's hosting a recruitment roadshow at the Jet2.com's head office in Mint, uh, Ingram Street in Leeds on Friday, September the 9th, which is actually, that's this weekend, that's this Friday. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, the roadshow has been designed to support the recruitment of pilot cabin crew and engineering positions at Leeds Bradford Airport as the company continues to grow. Uh, following the recent addition of an eighth UK base in Birmingham with the flights launched in 2017 alongside the acquisition of 30 new Boeing 737-800 aircraft commencing in September 2016 over a two-year period. Jet2.com and Jet2 Holidays are looking to invest in their next phase of growth and development, such as uh, Jet2.com uh, recruiting around a 1,000 roles nationwide. Steve Heapy, CEO of Jet2.com and Jet2 uh, Holidays, said that we are having exciting uh, plans to expand the number of destinations we fly to, as well as the number of UK bases we fly from. And this means that our team is growing all the time too. If you're a pilot or an engineer or an aspiring cabin crew and want to join the team of UK's favourite airline, then we'll be delighted to see you at our Leeds Roadshow. So for the, you, those of you who are in the area of Leeds uh, around uh, this Friday uh, at uh, Mint Ingram Street in Leeds, uh, you can go there and apply to, to work for Jet2. That's rather good. I like that. Well, I'd like to hear employment prospects for uh, the aviation industry. Indeed. Owen, so, get your CV in. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> hello to Barbara, who's joined us oh, in the hello, chat room. Barbara. Hello, Barbara. Wave to you. Oh, wait, wait, we've got wave loads of people got. in the chat room today. Yeah. We've got uh, we've got Tony. Um, we've got uh, somebody's now leaving. Uh, who's who's leaving? Oh no, it's uh, Je Jennifer is now leaving. Oh Jennifer. Sadly. Oh yeah, sorry, Jennifer. Tony, he's, to he's in the chat room. Or speak to you. Here, uh, see you. Barbara, as I say, <laughs> Jennifer Parkinson, uh, Myla, the main man, Micah, Neville, the legend that is, um, uh, Shirt. 
Uh, who else have we got? Um, Neville's just, been in there. Yeah, Neville. Yeah, the main man. Owen has been there. Oh, there. Owen. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Micah, He's a lovely Stuart, full yeah. chat room. That's Us, lovely. obviously, we're in there. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, the next story. Good. Yes, is the next story on the Daily Mail site. Indeed, yes, and, and that is. Uh, this is. It's not really a headline. It's more of a sort of like story in its own right. I really felt like I might die. Terrified passengers tell how they were thrown around the cabin, screaming, as Heathrow bound United Airlines jet from Heath. Houston, Houston, Houston dropped four thousand feet in seconds. Now this is a story an emergency you landing. Yeah, it is. Yeah, week, absolutely. Yeah. It's um, yeah, it's it's basically the stuff of nightmares. If you if your name is Matt Smith, anyway. But uh, uh, yeah, it's uh, this is this is very much a a, a a sort of picture story as well. So, terrified passengers on a UK-bound transatlantic flight have described how they thought they would die as the plane suddenly dropped up to four thousand feet. Ow. The United. Airlines Boeing 767-300 flying from Houston to Heathrow was diverted to Shannon Airport uh, after 23 people were hurt by severe turbulence 300 miles south of the west of Ireland. Uh, the plane landed in Ireland at 4.55am and 12 people, including three children and two crew, were taken to University Hospital Limerick. More were treated uh, at the airport terminal. Terminal Texas, uh, sorry, Texan cheerleading coach Nikki Martin Brack, uh, 38, said that the plane plunged twice and passengers, including children, were sent flying through the cabin, followed by a bang. Uh, some thought was the engine blowing up. Uh, it's probably just the, the, the sheer behind us, man. Sorry? Bung, bung the air. That's it. Yeah, there's not really a lot we can see, I'm afraid. Uh, there is, there from is some bits going on. Yeah, okay, all right then. Uh, so, that uh, yes, uh, including we're basically blowing up. So, so she said, uh, out of the blue, the plane just dropped and everybody who was unbuckled went flying. Uh, everybody hit their hit their heads on the roof. The girl next to me was thrown from her seat. Now, it, it, it's, uh, it's fair to say, really, and I know we've always said that, I'm just going to pop a couple of pictures up uh, that we've got here oh, from there's some, the... There's some awesome displaying going on behind us oh is there yeah yeah Oh, okay. All right. Uh, well, I won't. I won't bother with the pictures then. But uh, yeah, basically, it's uh, pictures of, of people being treated in the terminal building, which was a little bit unfortunate. Um, yeah. I mean, uh, one of the things that I was talking to with Al was actually that um, it's um, one of the things that that frightens me is turbulence, and and I had a sort of quite a bad experience. But then. I think, as he quite rightly said, I mean, really, what they do suggest these is people that have their seatbelts on. Well, and this is it. This is it. That you yeah. know, you really only take your seatbelt off if you're just popping to use the loo. Or and I'm always having a go at Gemma when we fly anywhere, mm. uh, long haul and stuff. You know, even when you're sitting there laying back watching uh, a film, eating your peanuts, just have just your, loosely just have your, your seatbelt seat on, seat just to on, stop yeah, you from sort of least. banging your head on the thing. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. So next story on uh, the... Cool, blimey, that sounds, sounds good behind us. Yep. The uh, c- uh, next story is on Bloomberg.com site. And the uh, headline, Qatar Airways CEO Al Baker uh, planning a large aircraft order soon. So Qatar Airways has said it's poised to make a major jetliner purchase, adding to a backlog of more than 340 outstanding orders for Boeing and Airbus. Uh, the Gulf carrier will place a large uh, aircraft order soon, Chief Executive uh, Akbar Al-Baker said on Wednesday at a briefing in Doha. Uh, without elaborating on the number of class uh, or class of jets required, uh, Qatar Airways is a continuous plan of fleet expansion and the fleet replacement in order to keep the average age of the fleet very young, Al-Baker said. 
have I got a wasp, Rami, Matt? I'm, I'm, I can see a wasp flying around <laughs> here. Another fly, <laughs> another part of the display here. Right, yes, yeah. There's free wasps. At uh, the, Qatar, at the show, yeah. <laughs> Qatar Air's order book includes 80 Airbus A320 Neos, a deal that may be at risk after Al Baker deci- declined to take delivery of the first planes because of engine cooling issues, saying that he was exploring the option of switching to Boeing 737 MAX. Uh, the Middle East airline has also said it uh, may help to renew the fleet of Italy's Meridiana Fly Spa after agreeing to buy a 49% stake in that airline. The uh, date Qatar Airways has scrapped orders for the 320 A320 News uh, that came without a fix that turbine manufacturer Pratt & Whitney has said that they've been working on and the CEO said that uh, he didn't reveal whether the modifications are uh, sufficiently effective for the rest of the deal to go ahead as planned with Airbus. Um, but another huge, you know, th- we keep reading his stories each week with these mm. people ordering, or the airlines ordering, massive amounts of aircraft from Boeing and Airbus. I mean, the backlog that, mm. that, that they have, must have in their books for these aircraft must be huge, man. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, yeah. any, anyone who's got a job working for Boeing or Airbus, I think, has got a job for life. A- um, as a sideline, Carl, uh, Carlos, uh, Micah is asking, is that a double Wasp R2800 by Pratt & Whitney that's busy trying to... Yeah, yeah uh, okay. th- it's been flying around <laughs> all morning and all yeah, afternoon yeah. it's because you opened your sandwiches that's I, what it I is intend, yeah. I intend on, uh, <laughs> I, I intend on swatting said you didn't bring your bug zapper with you I think no, that's I didn't. a real I need fail, to bring that with me, yeah. absolutely right so yeah. uh, next story moving yes, on uh, yeah, to you Matt it's on the scotsmans.com website right? right yes yes it's the scotsmans.com it says, and it says Edinburgh airport to charge £5 to jump passport queues oh now this is quite controversial this is isn't it so you, you've got queue, queue jumping at uh, Alton Towers and now you can queue jump at Edinburgh Airport, uh, this is, or at least this is the idea that's being floated. So Edinburgh Airport is to charge arriving passengers around five pounds to jump passport queues. The Scotsman has learned the planned fast track service is aimed at easing congestion, which airport officials feared would reach its worst ever levels this summer. The Scottish First uh, is expected to be similar to Edinburgh's priority security lane for departures, which costs four forty nine. Uh, an airport spokesman said that this new service will offer choice to people flying into Edinburgh Airport. We look forward to being able to offer our overseas passengers and returning UK-based passengers an even smoother arrival into Scotland. The move comes after Airport Chief Chief, Ex- Chief Executive Gordon Dewar warned that the then Home Secretary Theresa May in June had, had threatened cuts in Border Force staff who check passports would attract much averse comment and media attention. This led to border force staff being increased, but it is understood that the airport is keen to introduce its own measures to help cut queues. This passenger total is growing at 10% annually to an expected 12 million this year. The Scottish Conservatives called for across-the-board improvements for all passengers. Transport spokesman Alex Johnston said that um, instead of charging travellers to skip the queue at airport control, Edinburgh Airport should be concentrating on improving the system for everyone. 
These fast lanes will just serve to deflect resources away from regular travellers, making the wait even worse for those who don't want to shell out a ridiculous fee just to get to where they're travelling to. However, Edinburgh North and Lay SMP MP uh, Deirdre Brock said that we absolutely need initiatives like this to keep things moving. The Home Office said that the service will allow business travellers and those on tight schedules to take to make the most of their stay with the shortest possible wait. How do you feel about this? Five quid to jump a queue. Yeah, uh, I mean, I, I've never, I've only a few times experienced bad queues, and that was at Luton Airport. Yeah. Um, I mean, even even then, a, a couple of times I've paid kind of the fee there. They have a like a fast track security thing mm. where you can go through security faster, and you have your own little lane with your own yep. X-ray machine and your own um, metal detecting door and stuff. Yeah. Um, would I use this? I would if it was in incredibly busy yeah um, but I do but believe do you have to do it in advance though that's the question well a lot of airports offer this when you when you actually get there or when you get yeah. to the security part thing you can pay there but some uh, I know there's a couple of sites online where you can uh, kind of pay pre-pay uh, to have a fast track security so yeah. it's, uh, it's a good idea it's a good idea I, I have I have mixed feelings fast. about it I would almost rather if the, if they want to raise uh, revenues if you like in order to um, make it uh, sort of you know like work if, they, if they're concerned because obviously if budgets are being cut uh, you know and they want to Im- improve the amount of people uh, improve the staff sorry that are available at, yeah. at check-in I would almost rather they do a bit like what they do at Norwich where they levy your own tax yeah I you know and make it across the board just so that the whole uh, as it says in the story to actually make the whole experience better for everyone not just those who are willing to pay the thing that is though, Matt you're like me I mean you're probably like me you get to the air you get to the airport on months time. in months advance, in advance. Yeah, absolutely. so you don't have to worry about kind of you know jumping the queue or, or anything like that it's, it's you know you've got plenty of time to go through security and stuff and, and, and carry on but then some people have very negative uh, opinions about people paying extra money for example I'll yeah. use Alton Towers as an example where you can jump to the front of the queue um, <laughs> you know which I know puts like you know a hundred and something or other pounds per each person yeah. but you yeah. know hey ho it's uh, it's all part of the fun uh, it, I, we're being sorry it's, it's Jim's back, everyone. Again, yeah. Brace yourselves. Yeah, uh, right. Yes. Anyway, on to the next story. Moving on to the next story. Then our flight global site and the headline: Asiana A330 damaged in ground accident. Uh, this is a story that popped up early this week uh, on the 1st of September. An Asiana Airlines Airbus A330-300 has received significant damage to its tail oh, no. after making contact with a hangar door. This is not the first time one of these incidents no, has happened, no, is it? Um, it happens alarmingly uh, uh, Flight Global alarmingly understands yeah. <laughs> that the aircraft registered Hotel Lima 8258 was being towed out of a hangar at Incheon International Airport on the 28th of August when the left-hand horizontal stabiliser hit the hangar door. As you do. Sources indicate that uh, the aircraft has received substantial damage to its tail Uh-oh. cone, horizontal stabilisers, and it's unclear if the auxiliary power unit was also damaged. Uh, Flight Global approached Asiana for comment, but uh, no response has been received at the time of publishing. Fleet's analyzer, sorry, <laughs> just telling about to put the display on there. Yes, we've got unfortunately, we're not really picking much up. On oh, the aren't we? No, oh, right. I'm just seeing it in the corner of my eye yeah, there. I know, it's I, know, I know, I know. But it's actually one of the Spitfires. Oh, is it? oh, it's oh, actually wow. one of the Spitfires displaying behind us now. If you're now, watching, now is, is, is this the rare one? Is this the rare one? I don't know if this is the Mark, the Mark Five. five I think you were I saying, know, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, David was telling us about it. Let's see if we can see it on the on the air show feed there. Let's have a look. Okay. Anyway. 
So Asiana, anyway, moving back to the story. Uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's, uh, it's a shame. Oh, there he goes. Yeah, sorry, oh, we just, you just <laughs> caught a glimpse of it. Yes. Unfortunately, I don't think our, even the most uh, uh, marvellous of our listeners won't be able to tell whether it's a Mark V or a Mark IX just by that little flash little that flash, went across yeah. the corner of the, of the wide shot there. Oh, there we go. It's just gone past the camera again. Yeah. So obviously this aircraft's going to be offline for a little while mm, now while, yeah. they, while they assess the damage. Yes, um, see if they can get it back in the air. But I Asiana wonder if it'll be a write-off. No, 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 no. no, no. Okay. Oh, you're right <laughs> off. But I think uh, whoever was towing this aircraft out of the uh, out of the hangar is going to be in a, in a spot in a of lot trouble. of trouble. Yeah, yes, a spot of trouble. Serious trouble, absolutely. So next story there, moving on, especially for our New Zealand listeners. Oh, excellent. One. Okay, yes, the next story. This is on theeconomist.com, and the headline is uh, making airline safety. Sexy. Well, that, that's a, that's an unusual challenge. Um, it's uh, sorry, I, I keep being distracted in case we get the uh, the plane sort of flying across. We'll leave the wide shot we'll on for a minute. On, yeah. I think absolutely. Uh, uh, so uh, Gulliver wrote recently about the transformation of safety videos over the past decade from inf- informational snoozers uh, that few flyers bothered to watching uh, to eye-catching sensations that are impossible to ignore. Virgin America led the way with a cartoon feature but it was Air New Zealand which I know we, we've covered a couple of times haven't we that, with their uh, wonderful videos that, yeah. uh, really ran with the concept uh, when it made a video in 2009 with flight attendants and pilots in the buff covered in body paint that closely resembled their uniforms oh dear how very risky uh, two years later it produced a flamboyant Richard Simmons led effort its grandest production came in a Hobbit themed I remember watching this it was amazing a Hobbit themed Hobbit theme feature video, in yeah. 2014 starring Elijah Wood and Peter Jackson the airline's latest video Surfing Safari is comparatively modest uh, in place of uh, psychedelic displays and flying griffins of previous types surfing champions from around the planet narrate this video but the focus is so much on the is, is so much on the surf and more uh, to the point on the bodies of folks riding it that that the New Zealand Civil Aviation Authority has won the airline that the safety message is being buried. Oh dear, that that's not what we want. The video. Um, does contain all the usual safety messages but they are easy to miss uh, interspersed as they are with dramatic surfing footage and nearly drowned out by Peter Bjorn and John's euphoric anthem young folks the emergency exits are displayed on the bottom of a surfboard held by New Zealand top female surfer Uh, she then says your nearest exit could be behind you and turns back to look at her fellow surfers who are igniting paper lanterns on the beach behavior that air new zealand uh, probably does not want to encourage on board yes that's probably not a good idea is it most passengers have sat through safety videos dozens of times so the added entertainment value uh, might be welcome but the real audience is the few flyers who aren't familiar with safety procedures and for them it can be disorientating to f- to try and figure out these beach scenes corresponding to equipment on the aeroplane, which I think is understandable. On the plus side, the scenery actually allows for a more useful demonstration of the life vests uh, since they are inflated in the water rather than by a smiling attendant uh, in the aisle. The reception, um, the videos have received also suggests to a different motive for making them. They are a cheap and highly effective form of advertising for the airline. The Hobbit themed clip became the most watched YouTube video ever from New Zealand. Uh, The airline told The Guardian that its safety videos have collectively been watched online more than 83 million times. 
Now I love those videos at uh, yeah. News Air, New Zealand. And their latest one's fantastic. I don't is know it? if you've seen that one yet with the... Um, uh, with the surfers, which is what they're talking yeah, yeah. about. Yeah, yeah. Well, no, I haven't seen their that safety, one yet. Their safety, the latest in-flight safety one um, is, yeah. uh, is fantastic. Yeah. Goodbye also to Owen, who's who's now going flying again. He's obviously... Ooh, uh, he's on a short turn He's on a again. short turnaround yeah. again, yeah. So uh, thanks for joining us, Owen. Yep. Thanks for that. Have a good flight. Have yeah, a safe flight. Yeah, good safe flight. flight. Yeah, bye. Bye, Owen. So the last story in Indeed. the commercial news segment yep. then this week is kind of a it's a it's kind of a top ten, but it's actually thirteen. Uh, <laughs> and it's a, it's a okay. thir- it's a thirteen strangest items left behind at UK airports revealed. Okay. Uh, and uh, well, I'm we're going to we're going to kick yes, off uh, straight away with. Uh, okay, so uh, <laughs> in at number thirteen. So at number thirteen, a toy. Penguin, as you do, yes. Uh, <laughs> that's a, that's a new one on me. Yeah, toy, uh, yeah. I've not penguin. seen a toy penguin before. Yeah. Uh, it, it, it does look like a real penguin. That is a real. I think that's a real penguin that, that with, a, with real a jumper penguin. on. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. At number twelve. At number twelve, a roll of handwritten calligraphy. Really? <laughs> <laughs> it says okay. here, could this have been a historic document? Maybe Indiana Jones had his budget cut and is flying on commercial flights <laughs> these days. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. At uh, number eleven. At number eleven. An unusual choice. It's yeah. a tan dog with lots of the stuffing lost. Oh. So a, a dog with the, with the stuffing missing. Right. That's okay. Right, that's very, very strange. At number ten. Number ten. A diamond necklace in a brown box. Blimey. <laughs> that's an random. awful lot of money, isn't it? Yes. Yeah, Who the left out is uh, kicking themselves. <laughs> kicking themselves at number nine. At number nine, something a bit more uh, uh, normal. Uh, uh, Engine. Mo- a yeah. motorbike carburetor. Yes. Absolutely. You'd leave kicking around, just sort of lying I around. Quite know why you'd leave that. It's probably. <laughs> Expensive piece of kit. Well, there. absolutely, yes. Uh, at uh, number eight is an o- oud. Oud. At num- at number eight is oud, oud is actually an Arabic instrument, not often found in the UK, uh, let alone at airports. I don't even know what an oud is. <laughs> uh, but uh, yes, that, that picture doesn't really describe <laughs> it. Uh, number seven. At number seven, it's a ceramic bird ornament. Well, it's a very smiling owl. Uh, well, that's no, no, it says there <laughs> that it's, it's, it's a, it's, this is not a ceramic bird. It's a very happy owl. Oh, I see. Right, okay, yes. <laughs> so at number... Uh, num- number six number is six. very sad. A wedding dress. Yeah, absolutely. I oh hope no. they didn't need it for who, the... Uh, who could yeah. leave Maybe a it was on the way. Perhaps, perhaps the wedding didn't oh. go well. It's <laughs> a shame. It's a shame. Uh, number five. Oh, it's a good popular one. False teeth. Yeah, uh, someone's uh, left yeah but they get left around all over the yeah, place. They get left they? all the time. Absolutely, so, yeah. yeah, false teeth. Number four. Number four. A bit more interesting this one. A roll of carpet. Surely that must have just been left... Um, <laughs> Who, I don't I know, mean, on the carousel or something. I don't who know. Who leaves yeah. a roll of carpet at an yeah. airport? I can only assume oh, it was just. Um, well, I don't know. I don't know what it was. I have no idea. Next one's um, rather um, interesting. Yeah, I think we'll sk- we'll sk- we'll gloss over that one. It needs to say it's a blue pill. It's a blue we'll move pill. On. That's number three. Uh, enclosed yeah. in an envelope. Yes, excellent. Um, <coughs> anyway. Number two. <laughs> and number two. It's, <laughs> Family show, everyone. It's a microwave oven. Right. Okay. So someone. In case anybody was in doubt, that is a picture of a microwave oven. Yeah, a microwave yeah. oven. <laughs> yeah, okay. Um, and finally, at number one. At number one, I mean, this is just it's such an amazing thing to leave at an airport, and this is a fishing rod. <laughs> oh, no picture, just a, just a fishing rod. Just a fishing rod. <laughs> okay. I mean, we can all guess what a fishing rod <laughs> yeah, looks like. Yeah, I think like. so, yeah, absolutely. Uh, but I'm not so, but it's one of those things, probably gets left left behind quite regularly, isn't it? Because it's one of those oversized items, isn't it? And if you, you sort of, des- you know, you're tired, you want to go home, etc., etc., it's, uh, you know, it's probably not... Um, not uh, going to work, really, is no, it? No, not at all. Indeed. So, anyway, that is where we bring the commercial segment, segment to, to, to a close. close. What we're going to do now is we are going to play out. Uh, we have a segment from the legend that is 
Pilot Pip. So uh, what we're going to do now is we're going to play out that for you now. Plane safety from the flight deck with Pilot Pip. Hi everyone, it's Pip here, and welcome to this very special segment. I know today the guys are across at the Seething Air Show, which is a great air show supporting a number of charities, one of which is the East Anglian Children's Hospice Charity. And it's of children I want to talk about today. So this isn't really a plane safety segment. Uh, It's more of a plug for a wonderful organisation, something that's very dear to my heart, and that's the Air Training Corps or more commonly called the Air Cadets. So I want to take this opportunity to let you know who they are, what they're all about, my experience in the Air Cadets, and just give them a bit of a plug and a promotion because it's such a wonderful organization. So if you're a youngster or if you're a parent who has a child coming on towards their teenage years, you might want to hear a little bit about the Air Cadets. Now, I was in the Air Cadets in the Air Training Corps. I joined when I was probably about 12 years old, and I absolutely loved it. And I can honestly say, hand on heart, if it wasn't for my time within the Air Cadets, the Air Training Corps, I would definitely not be in the job, in the profession that I am in today. I certainly wouldn't be a pilot. Uh, I'd probably be a, a rich doctor or a lawyer, actually, but that's, that's another story. But certainly, if it wasn't for my experiences and the enthusiasm that I gained from the Air Cadets, then I certainly wouldn't have found my way into a flying career today. Now, who or what is the Air Cadets? Well, I suppose you could call it the Boy Scouts, but with an aviation twist. Now, the Air Cadets can trace their history right back to the late 1800s, actually, when schools around the country um, would form organisations with some of the, uh, the teachers, the adults, and some of the older boys in the school and formed armed units sort of reserve units in case of uh, invasion of the UK. And this proved very popular and it wasn't too long before the government realised the value of having uh, a youth organisation to promote service life and citizenship skills. So officially the Air Training Corps was formed in 1941, just a couple of years into the Second World War and it's been going strong ever since. And today it has over 40,000 youth members and many thousands of adult staff volunteers who help run this wonderful organization. Now the Air Cadets is actually part of the Royal Air Force. Uh, I'm not sure of the organizational structure now but when I was there it was part of the training command. Um, But the first thing to say is it's not a recruiting tool for the Royal Air Force or for the military although you'll find certainly a lot of today's current pilots and navigators and Royal Air Force full-time staff will have been members of the Air Training Corps in their youth. So it's administered and funded by the Royal Air Force. It's split into six regions across the UK each of which are divided up into a total of 34 wings and there's currently over 900 individual squadrons spread across the land. So there is bound to be an Air Training Corps unit very near you. And combined with the other cadet forces, the Sea Cadets and the CCF, the Combined Cadet Force, which is the Army's version, you'll find that there are literally thousands of youth organisations, training units spread around the country offering some fantastic experiences and opportunities for you if you're a youngster or for your children. Now the stated aims of the Air Training Corps as follows, to promote and encourage a practical interest in aviation and the Royal Air Force amongst young people, 
provide training which will be useful in the services and the civilian life, and encourage the spirit of adventure and develop qualities of leadership and good citizenship. So what does that mean? How do they go about that? And what actually happens at the Air Cadets? Well, usually the Air Cadets meet uh, twice a week, usually on a couple of weeknights. I remember back in the day when I did it, it was a Monday and a Friday night from about 7 till 9 p.m. And during these regular evening sessions, you get up to all manner of things. Some of it was a little bit like schoolwork, to be honest. You would learn about... Uh, aviation or RF subjects, so uh, like things like meteorology and navigation, and every so often you would have the opportunity to sit exams in these subjects and gain awards, gain the the various sort of ranks within the uh, air cadets, and you can work your way up, eventually gaining promotion to things like cadet corporal and sergeant, uh, flight sergeant, all the way up as I did to the dizzy heights of cadet warrant officer. Now, doing schoolwork in the evenings at Air Cadets, you might think, ooh, that doesn't sound very interesting. But actually, it really was, because these are topics you don't get to do at school. This is really cool aviation stuff, learning about navigation and how to fly an aircraft. Tell me what school is going to teach you that. This was just fantastic. But it was more than that. There was also a certain amount of military-esque style training. So we would used to do quite a lot of uh, drill training, you know, marching around a parade square. But actually, this was great. It taught you all kinds of great skills like discipline and teamwork, things which for today's youth seem to be sadly lacking. And there's also a real focus on sports and adventure training. We used to take part in all sorts of sporting competitions, swimming competitions, rugby and football competitions. Every squadron would have their own team. But the bits that I loved the most was the outdoor adventure pursuits. We would regularly go up into the local countryside and have night exercises where we'd all get dressed up in camouflage gear, put brown and black paint over our faces and go out and play wide games or night games. You know, playing soldiers. Come on, what kid doesn't love to do that? It was an absolute blast. And of course, the Air Cadets is a great sponsor and a great way to participate in the Duke of Edinburgh Award scheme. Uh, now, if you're, not, if you're not familiar with that, that's a, an award scheme here in the UK, uh, specifically aimed at young people. And you can go through and you can start off by gaining your bronze Duke of Edinburgh award, then your silver and your gold. And each, each award has certain elements you need to complete and achieve. It has a sports part, it has a citizenship part, some sort of community service you have to complete. And of course, it has the expedition part where you go off with a couple of your friends, get a rucksack on your back, a tent, and you go off into the hills out to Snowdonia or the Lake District or somewhere like that, and you, and you have to go off on an expedition. Starting off with a bronze, which is a relatively easy thing to complete, and getting a little bit harder in terms of length of time out in the outdoors and distance you have to complete as you go through the silver and the gold. And actually, it doesn't have to be walking. You can do it cycling or kayaking or horse riding, if you like. And it's a huge amount of fun. Now, I was able to complete my bronze and silver Duke of Edinburgh award. Uh, unfortunately, I wasn't able to complete the gold. I did everything except for the expedition part of it, which is one of the real uh, regrets of my youth that I wasn't able to complete my gold Duke of Edinburgh because that's a, a wonderful achievement to have. But of course, the very best part about being an air cadet and being in the air training corps is all the free flying training that's available to you. Within literally just a few months of joining my local ATC unit, I was up at RAF Benson in Oxfordshire with the old classic bone dome on my head, the flying helmet, 
and was sitting in the front seat of a chipmunk, a de Havilland chipmunk, on my first ever air experience flight, being thrown around the skies, doing loops and barrel rolls and all kinds of wonderful things. Before I was 16 years old, I had completed a basic gliding course. I had learned to fly a glider and was allowed to go solo, fly solo for the first time at RAF Syaston. By the time I was 17 or 18 years old, I was awarded a Royal Air Force Flying Scholarship, which is fantastic achievement, something I'm very proud of. You apply for this, you have to sit tests and exams, and eventually the applicants get whittled down to a small number, and you're awarded 15 or 16 hours of flying training towards your PPL. Basically, they get you up to a solo standard in a powered aircraft, all for free. Now, I wish that back then in my youth I had appreciated the value of free flying training. Um, I wish I'd taken more advantage of it. You know, uh, when you come to adulthood and you want to get into this flying business, you'll find it's extremely expensive to pay for flying lessons. So if you can get it for free through the Air Training Corps, then that's something you really should take advantage of. And over my few years in the Air Cadets, I had the opportunity to go on many gliding flights and powered aircraft flights and all kinds of other wonderful things. Every year there would be an annual camp to a frontline RAF base. I remember going, spending a week or two at RAF Lynham, uh, in which we had the opportunity to take several rides in a Hercules in a C-130. I sat up in the cockpit uh, in the jump seat of a C-130. I was lucky enough to fly in the back of a Royal Air Force Nimrod, great big old loud lumbering jet. Uh, we sat in the back for a few hours as it uh, trundled around the south coast of the UK on a, a routine training mission with half a dozen cadets bundled into the back. Great fun. I was even able to visit and take part in overseas camps. I spent a wonderful week in RF Rheindahlen in Germany and probably the highlights of my air cadet career was two weeks spent at RAF Akrotiri in Cyprus in which we were able to spend a wonderful couple of weeks out in the sunshine on a frontline RAF base watching the Red Arrows do their springtime warm-up for the air show season and I was able to fly in a Wessex helicopter I was able to be winched onto the deck of a Royal Naval ship out in the Mediterranean and all kinds of other wonderful, fun experiences. And the friends you make, lifelong friends, the experiences you have, you'll never forget. I can't recommend it highly enough. But it comes with a warning, and this is the warning, something I alluded to uh, a few minutes ago. Being in the Air Cadets, being part of the Air Training Corps, is extremely addictive. Now, I made the mistake of becoming Air Cadet crazy. I spent all my time with the Air Cadets planning stuff, doing stuff, taking part in activities, unfortunately to the detriment of my school grades. I came out of school, yeah, not too bad, but with a pretty average set of grades, all because I spent too much time in the Air Cadets and not enough time studying. So as I said earlier, if it wasn't for the Air Cadets, perhaps I would be a rich doctor or a lawyer by now. But hey, do you know what? I think things turned out pretty well in the end. From a very young age, I wanted to be a pilot and I'm convinced it's purely down to my six or seven years with the air cadets that I was able to accomplish that goal. And as I said, the air cadets is not a recruiting tool for the Air Force, but if there's something you're thinking about military service later in life, then it's a fantastic way into it. 
Uh, the course I travelled, I've said before that I always wanted to be a Royal Air Force pilot. I wanted to fly tornadoes. That was that was my boyhood fantasy. And I almost made it. I wasn't too far off. Through the Air Cadets, I said I was able to get a gliding award. I was able to get a flying scholarship. And later on, when I joined university, that enabled me to join something called the University Air Squadron which is really the first step into the Air Force. It's, if you're successful in getting a place at the University Air Squadron, then you start to uh, undertake the first chapter, the first part of the military flying training syllabus. And for those who are lucky enough and successful enough to do that, they're, they're, uh, once they finish university, their pathway into the Air Force is very much smoothened out. They've got a real head start because they've already completed the first part of military flying. Uh, unfortunately for me, other things got in the way and that didn't quite pan out the way I wanted. But hey, say la vie. But if you randomly picked a hundred RAF pilots and RAF personnel, I suspect you'll find that a great number of them were ex-air cadets and they will all speak very highly of the organisation. So if you are a youngster, you're coming up towards your teenage years or perhaps you're already there, then it's not too late to join the Air Cadets. I think you need to be a minimum of 12 years old, but you can be as old as 18 or 19, I believe. Also, if you're an adult with a bit of a passion for aviation and some background and knowledge that you want to share, then the organisation is always looking for adult volunteers to help out, help run the squadrons and administer the organisation. And if you're a parent of young children coming up towards that age and you want to get them out there, get them involved in something, give them some great experiences that they're just not going to find anywhere else, then you could do a lot worse than to Google the Air Cadets, find your local squadron. As I said, there are 900 of them across the UK, so the chances are there's one just down the road from you. And encourage your son or daughter to get involved because I promise it will be some of the most fantastic years, some of the best experiences of their life. I'll be back very soon with another segment. Back to the guys. Hopefully the sun is shining for you at the Seething Air Show. Look forward to hearing some, some of those great sounds of, the, uh, of those engines and warbirds. I uh, hope you're having a great time, chaps. And to everyone else, fly safe. See you all again soon. Oh, thank you very much, Pip, Great for your segment, segment yeah, as, as always. always. Don't yeah. forget you can find uh, Pip over at the Plane Safety Podcast, uh, where he does his show over there. And you can find him on iTunes, just search for Plane Safety Podcast. Find this and other great shows at the Aviation Media Network. Thevoicesinyourhead.com Look who oh, I've Jim. spotted. Jim's now coming. Oh, dear. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, don't get... No, this, yeah, yeah, stop it. Honestly. Come and take a seat. No, you've got to come around here. Come and take a seat. Okay. For those of you who listened to uh, the episode... Uh, many was, episodes ago many now. Episodes yeah, ago. I think long year. before our 100. Most successful episode, I believe. Yes, yeah. I think it was. Yes, it was so a, we are, we it are was certainly award-winning. Yeah. We are live. Yeah. So, uh, so we are so live. Please do not swear. Right. Okay. Oh, uh, for your for your. Uh, uh, can you uh, just um? Sorry. Yeah, Mila. Mila's just asked in the chat room. Am I wearing the fleece with PTK? Rotary Jim. You're yes, being I referred am. to. Yes, in Rotary yeah. Jim. <laughs> Absolutely. Dave Abbey's in oh, New York. Phenomenal. Yeah. No. Ah, well done. Afternoon, Dave. Morning. Yeah. Yes. No. The show has cha- evolved slightly from when you were last on. It's it's now live, which is slightly. I know. Exciting. Live. Yeah. So we've still got no rotary stuff going no, on. Okay. Really, we? We're not really talking <laughs> yeah, about yeah. the important stuff, are we? 
Well, well, you are actually here with a with one of those rotary vehicles, aren't you, Jim? That's called a helicopter. Yeah, one of those helicopters. Yes, yes, we are here. The content is a bit dodgy, honestly. Sorry, Sorry, I'm being mocked in the chat room. We're being complimented on our um, on our our stream quality, but apparently the content is ropey. All oh, right, okay. that might be because Jim's just joined us. Everyone, I don't. I don't Could be. <laughs> it Could, Could be. well be. Anyway, Could welcome, be. Jim. How are you? Not bad, Matt. Been How a while. are you? Yeah, really good, thank you. I've been up in a light aircraft and everything since we last spoke. I I did see that. Um, yeah, scary on the, stuff. Uh, internet web thing. <laughs> yeah. um, but no, good for you. Good for you. Yes. Fear of flying is a major yeah. issue. Yeah. Not enough is said about it. Not enough people talk about it. Um, but it's a very real thing that does happen. It does. We're trying. We're trying to sort of. Uh, uh, Mike is just asking what it, what is the aircraft that you fly? Yeah, I fly a, a Hughes three hundred. Wow. Or a Schweitzer. I beg your pardon. Schweitzer. <laughs> is that like a Schnauzer only? Um, <laughs> only got Matt. an engine. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> oh, Mike, Mike, Mike has actually yeah. added a bit yeah. on the end there of, oh, the, of the question. What there. kind of volume is it flying? And is it a fixed wing too? No, it's not a fixed wing. Are yeah. you a fixed wing pilot as well? Uh, no, I'm, uh, I'm a proper pilot. Oh, don't swear pilot. at him. Um, right? I, I, I don't get involved. <laughs> He's a proper pilot. I don't oh, get involved. No. <laughs> at the end of the day, as it's been said numerous times, I think by most rotary wing pilots, is that if you'd got into a fixed wing to start with, you'd have said, yeah, and stuck with that. Right, okay. Instead, you get into a helicopter, to <laughs> get hooked on that, and then you end up financially borderline bankrupt. So, right, yeah. well, yes, yeah, so that, 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 that is, that is uh, I think you can vouch for that one, Carlos. Yeah, it is. Yeah. I think it's since I last yeah. saw the pair of you and spoke to the last pair of you, I've spent probably another 40,000 quid since last wow. year. Wow. Did you just At say least. 40? Yeah, 40. Four and four I've still zero. got another 40 to go. Wow, that's really This quite was for a sixth month intensive. Rotary wing, um, yeah. Rotary wing uh, air transport pilot's license course, um, which was full time for six months. Um, so that course was just over seven thousand pounds, plus accommodation, plus fuel backwards and forwards, wow. plus washing powder when I got home <laughs> at the weekend. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and we're still not quite there. We're getting there. We're yeah. getting there. Um, but yeah, we're still spending money at yeah, an alarming uh, rate to try and get me to the point of being qualified but unemployed. <laughs> yeah. Tony's got a great. Uh, Tony's on fire with the questions. Oh no, today. Tony is it? Yeah. Uh, yeah. So question, question for Jim: Do you need different type ratings for different helicopters? You do. Right. For each helicopter that you fly, you will require a type rating yeah. for that particular type of helicopter. So very similar to sort of fixed wing things that you love so much. Uh, yes. So with a helicopter, if I was in my Hughes 300, which has um, three rotors and a fully articulated head, if I was to go and fly a Robinson R44, yeah. for example, as I do, that has a teetering head. Okay. So there are there are differences yeah. in what happens. So uh, and more pound signs, essentially, every time you... <laughs> yeah, and more pound signs. Yeah, and more pound signs. Yeah, more pound signs. Um, if anybody does like to sponsor me to fly some right. other stuff, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I wouldn't okay. say no. Yeah. Checks, cash, whatever yeah, yeah, you yeah, like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Set up your own Patreon. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. 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 PayPal's yeah. a wonderful thing. Pay is yeah. a wonderful, <laughs> it's <laughs> a wonderful <laughs> thing and an understanding wife. Yeah, yeah well, yes. For how yes. much longer, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We're sticking there. So, Carlos, how are you getting on with your fixed wing? Oh, it's going marvellous. Yeah, yes. and how are your exams going <laughs> now? And your I, I must just state that my flying abilities are way ahead of my exams. At the moment, so I'm I'm right. I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna You're push on with on your exams. exams are you? okay. Pushing yes. on with the exams, yeah. Yes. How many more have you got to go? A few. 
How many is yes. a few? Uh, well, it, it's 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 more than six and less than eight. Right. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> we should show him if you've got left to do, Carlos. Uh, um, quite, he's put me on the spot. Yeah, yeah. He's put you on the spot. Yeah. I need I my, told I need you my not to get ref- me on it. I need my little <laughs> I did warn you not to get me on it. Yeah. I'm just going to leave the chat room this day. Okay, all right, okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. How many holidays have you had this year? None, none, none. none. Two, three. You, three, isn't it? No, it's you've three. Got, it you've got it three. three. Yeah, yeah. This year must be nice. Yeah. <laughs> it must be nice. It's, it's, it's three oh. holidays. But, but, Jim, you've got to remember, I, ha- I work two jobs. Two jobs. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. What, what's uh, the other one? Pip says pull your oh, finger Pip out, says, by the way. Oh, Pip says pull my yeah. finger out. Well, thank you, Pip. <laughs> yeah. yeah, sorry about that. Yeah, it did. It's been a long day for me. I'm, I'm, yeah. yeah, no, it's fine. It's so fine. You're, you're not, you're not uh, flying your uh, helicopter this afternoon then, Jim, are you? Uh, no, we're not. We're just purely here for display. But we are available for lessons. Right. Christmas gifts and uh, yep. birthday presents. Um, and how do they Beckles go about airfield. that? How about the, how do they go about doing yeah, that? Where can they find about all about uh, Virage? Uh, there is a Facebook page, I Ooh, believe. Right. Virage Ooh. Helicopters. Ooh, very Vir- oh. Virage Helicopter Academy. Oh. Excuse me, I'll just say <laughs> <that. laughs> it's a vegetable <laughs> samosa. Sorry about that. Um, Indeed. There is a Facebook page, there is a uh, website for Virage Helicopter Academy based at Beckles Airfield in uh, Ella, Norfolk. Excellent. That's good. So, yeah, phone up, 20 minute, yep. half hour, trial lessons, your full uh, PPL from start to finish cool. can be done there. Um, but we are a training organisation. Okay. We do not do pleasure flights. No, okay. Oh, um, so and we will put the, uh, the website link in the show notes. Yeah, for um, the show notes for yeah. this episode. Excellent. Well, thank you for joining us, Jim. Yeah, very so kind of you to see well, you. We've got to go now. Is yeah, you well, have. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. No. Well, we actually we've got, need to start our show. We haven't actually technically started yet. Well, we are. What do we do? We have started. No, we sat here setting all this stuff up. I mean. I walked past here earlier, and you're yeah. up here pointing things at the satellites. Yeah, absolutely. Well, oh. no, that's what's getting yeah. us. That's what's doing the, the streaming online thing. Like yeah. people that's are watching us now. Yeah. We actually have, um, we actually have 24 people watching us right now. 24 yeah, people. Absolutely. All this equipment that you've got. 24 Don't people. Don't start. Brilliant. It's more about what you it's quality. Ne- nearly 5,000 downloads now. Huh? 5,000 downloads a month. Yeah, I've about this. Actually, Jim, that's what they're seeing now. Look, that's, there's you, look. Yeah. So you're, you, are, you are famous. Yeah, you're absolutely. Famous. Yeah, absolutely. Anyway, that's Brilliant. a bit frightening. What we're going to do is we're going to put the air show, air filter. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah, they do say this puts, you know, yeah. 10 pounds on. Yeah, right. yeah. Yeah. yeah, I don't know how many cameras are on me, but... Uh, <laughs> hey, you don't worry about it, Jim. Yeah. You're looking good. You're living well. The Plane Talking UK podcast is a voluntary project that aims to keep you informed with the latest aviation-related stories from newswires across the globe. Producing our content does cost money, though. If you enjoy our show, why not help us keep on the air by making a donation towards the server and website hosting fees through PayPal? Any contributions would be greatly appreciated. Are you an Amazon user? If so, why not do your shopping through the link on our website? There's no cost to yourself, and Amazon pay us a small referral fee on qualifying purchases. To find out more about the show and to meet the team, take yourself to our website www.plaintalkinguk.com or find us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash plaintalkinguk on Twitter via at plaintalkinguk or get in touch via email on podcast at plaintalkinguk.com Thanks, Thanks for, for listening. listening. So okay. I think it's time we do some military aviation. Yeah, news. okay, yeah, let's do that. Yeah. Let's go.
first military story then we've got for you this week. Really Sorry about that, guys. That was a bit loud. I apologise if I just deafened everyone. Oh, right, okay. <laughs> Sorry. No, so, not no, no, not you. The, the stinger right. was a bit loud. Sorry. So I'm flying Humble. global this one then. And uh, the uh, headline, Resurrected B-52H returns to flight Ooh. after seven years in storage. Wow. So a U.S. Air Force Boeing B-52H is back in flight after spending eight years parked in storage in the Arizona desert. The regenerated Stratofortress, nicknamed Ghost Rider, has completed first flight, oh, its first flight uh, back in service on the 30th of August at the Tinker Air Force Base in Oklahoma. Uh, rising into the sky uh, without a painted livery. Uh, the base's air logistics center was tasked with restoring the airworthiness uh, of the unretired B-52H, reversing a normally one-way trip for aging military aircraft to the Boneyard at davis Monthan Air Force Base near Tucson, Arizona. The Air Force will use the Ghost Rider to replace another B-52H severely damaged by fire in 2014, restoring a strategic bomber fleet to approved levels. And the Air Force maintains the fleet of Boeing of 58 uh, B-52 52s in the active duty force and 18 more in reserve units. Ghost Rider tail number 61-007 Oh, 007 <laughs> tail number there for ding, the ding, 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 ding. No, sorry, anyway uh, It arrived at Tinker uh, last fall before entering the bomber's first uh, program depot maintenance cycle in 12 years and uh, just in front of us, Matt, the glider display team's just going up there Oh, are they? Oh, yeah, hang on yeah, Um... Well, uh, We'll put the uh, put the wide shot of the air show on. We'll actually, might, yeah, no, might no, just missed front. it on the front one. Oh, That's yeah. a shame. Yeah, too late. Sorry. So, yes. So the uh, <laughs> Air Logistics Centre plans to complete several more flights of the B-52H at Tinker before handling, yeah. uh, or handing the bomber over to an operational squadron at Minnow cool. Air Force Base, North Dakota. So great news then there for another B-52 return to active service, and uh, we're. Uh, Hello, good evening. Hello. <laughs> good, welcome. Hello, you're live. You're live. On the around <laughs> the world. Exactly. And they're running away. Everyone okay, runs no, away. it's fine. Yeah, so being asked what we're doing, it's basically something called a podcast, and we're streaming uh, live on YouTube at the moment, and uh, we have about sort of, 25, 26 people watching us yeah. right now. So, yeah, very clever. Yeah. So moving on to the next yeah. story Indeed, in the military yes, yeah, segment the next story, on uh, Flight yes. Global site. Globally, yes, and the headline is pa Patent Application Reveals KC-46 Refueling Pod Fix. A recently published patent application reveals one issue Boeing overcame to develop the KC-46A Pegasus Tanker Wing Aerial Refueling Pod on the warp system. The Cobram warp mounted on the onboard wings of the tanker can refuel more than one aircraft simultaneously uh, with 1,500 14 litres, or that's 400 gallons of fuel per minute. The US Air Force will buy 94 KC-46 tankers through fiscal 2021 and uh, 42 warp sets. But according to the, 20, the May 26th uh, patent, the airflow around the tanker during the flight can create a vortex that lifts the hose and drogue upwards, causing instability during extension and retraction. Although features such as chines or gurney flaps could be designed on older tankers to counter the vortexes across the fueling envelope, the KC-46's higher speed exasperated the issue. The pods and its pylon 
uh, may be designed to minimize a buffet at maximum operating speed, but minimizing buffet buffet or buffering uh, will <laughs> cause high side loads which result in stronger vortexes uh, at fueling speeds. Boeing states in the patent application uh, the existing uh, mitigation designs are not effective for a addressing significantly higher vortex strengths across the entire flight envelope. Uh, Boeing invented a fix for the problem under the original engineering and development contract awarded in 2011. The company developed a swept pylon flap which unloads the pylon and pod during flight creating a downward flow that counters the vortex allow according to the patent the government has uh, certain rights to the invention uh, the patent says the first 18 k646 is kc 46 is and now uh, going to be delivered by January 2018 with all the requirements except the warps which will come in October of that year while Boeing will equip the initial 18 aircraft with refueling boom and centerline drogue refueling capabilities the warps for the warps fulfill the Air Force's required assets available mile, milestone uh, Boeing maintains that prolonged conformity and qualification qualification testing needed for Federal Aviation Administration certification and it, uh, not a functionality issue caused the pods to fall a year behind its schedule yeah it's uh, it's one of these stories we've covered a few times now with this the KC46 because they had the soft there was a software issue I think with them at the mm. initially trying to sort out this refueling mm. uh, it thing with the software fix but it's, it's, it's obviously the, the the increased speeds isn't it that's causing causing them a problem according to this yeah, story the, the buffet, so. yeah the uh, yeah. movement yeah, uh, it's it's one of those because they're flying faster aren't oh, yeah. they I mean that, that that's the that's the issue but it's one of them tests that they actually do they do with all um, mm. all, all commercial aircraft uh, as well as all aircraft they do these tests where they mm. watch the actual wing flex and stuff, the buffer on the aircraft, and um, just to test, uh, you know, to keep an eye. What's the matter? Tony Micah S. says, wasn't that pill found at the airport for hose instability, Matt? Oh, dear. <laughs> very You've good. Very what good. the blue pill Yes, was. absolutely right. Excellent. Yes, it, it, it made lots of people very happy. So um, we, we, love a, we love a tanker story, just like the airplane. Uh, Tony was saying, actually, Airbus actually had booms fall off. Yeah, they did, yeah. Really? Yeah, they did, yeah. Wow, that's really frightening. Uh, so uh, that's uh, the last of the meal. We just picked, we just picked <laughs> two. Uh, Owen's just though. asking, uh, uh, wondering if the chat works from the bus. It would appear so. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Owen can't see the video or audio at all. Oh, oh, oh dear. Oh. Maybe, maybe that's a, a, a stream issue uh, yeah, from, yeah. from everyone from else. Your can end. See us, I think I, I think we're all right. We're, yeah. we're not getting any warnings anyway, so it's all good. Um, oh, just just again, we did point this out at the beginning of the show. Uh, again, don't forget uh, everyone in the chat room. It is Dave Abbey's birthday today. It is. Yes, um, absolutely. So uh, yeah, yeah, it is Dave. Abby's birthday. Mm. We we tried to send him a cake, but uh, I don't think the uh, no no. I ate it. Unfortunately, uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I, I I am a lover of cake. <laughs> so we have got some <laughs> feedback that we was have. sent in by Jennifer Parkinson over mm. in Rome. Hello, so, uh, Jenny in Rome. I know. So uh, shall we play Jenny? I feedback? think we should. Yeah, let's do that. Let's do that. Hello, everyone. This is Jenny in Rome. I've got some feedback for you this week on an aspect of travel that, with a bit of luck, none of you will need to experience firsthand. And I'm talking about the flight nurse. Um, if you get taken ill away from home and you tick the insurance box when you bought your ticket, not only can you change your return flight dates, but if necessary for medical reasons, a flight nurse will be sent to accompany you every step of the way back. 
I found about I found out about this when my elderly aunt was taken ill on a train journey from Florence to Rome last June. My cousin informed the train manager who made an announcement asking if there was a doctor on the train. In fact, three doctors presented themselves, and fortunately one of them was specialised in strokes because my aunt had had or was having a, a small stroke. Um, an ambulance um, was sent to meet the train and she was taken straight to hospital. Fast forward about two weeks and, and my aunt was re well enough to go back to Shetland and British Airways sent a flight nurse to pick her up and accompany her and my cousin on three flights uh, between Rome and uh, Shetland, Rome to London, London to Aberdeen and Aberdeen to Shetland uh, with oxygen available at all times and qualified medical monitoring. So, moral of the story, maybe better to take out insurance after all. I always thought you were covered for medical expenses in Europe and up to a point that's true but repatriation expenses could be massive without, without the insurance. And by the way, if you're visiting Italy as an EU national, um, for now that is, you need to bring an EHIC medical card with you. Um, otherwise you have to pay up front for your medical care. Uh, it varies from country to country through Europe, but I know in Italy if you bring this card with you and you do need to go to hospital, then everything is, is covered, so don't forget it. Um, the other thing I wanted just to talk about briefly, I saw Carlos tweeted last night the list of his uh, week, the podcasts he listens to every week, and uh, I don't listen to all of them, but I certainly listen to uh, a good number of them. But I do also listen to other ones, and among the more general ones, and I suggested to Carlos as a counterbalance that he might like to listen to Kermode and Mayo's film review podcast, which has been going it must be about 15 years now. I'd, I've been listening to podcasts since the very first ones and, and I really am a long time listener to that one and it has the same kind of family atmosphere that uh, um, the aviation podcasts have too. And they discuss um, a syndrome to do with aviation. This is where the two things cross. And it's called AALS. And AALS is Altitude Adjusted Lacrimosity Syndrome. And what this means is with an adjustment in altitude, i.e. when you go up in a plane, um, you suddenly start, you, it's much easier to cry when you're watching the, the films on, on board and that grown-ups find themselves sobbing and in tears and hiding under the, the blankets. Uh, something to do with the altitude that makes you more emotional and there's been a lot of discussion about this on the program. I wonder if um, any of the podcast listeners have suffered from crying on a plane watching watching the film. Anyway, there is a name for it um, according to this other podcast, AALS, Altitude Adjusted Lacrimosity Syndrome. So there we are, that's just something to think about. Bye for now. Thank you, Jenny. I've never heard that acronym, but I think that acronym is brilliant. Do you know what? I'm, I have to admit, I, I, I remember when I were on, uh, I think it was, we were on a, I think we were flying to Malta a few years ago. Mm. Actually, quite a few years ago now. Yeah. 
And I remember watch, we were watching one of our, our favourite shows, CSI. Oh uh, yes, on yeah. on, our, on the tablet because there's obviously no no videos or no, TVs no, 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 on no. Ryanair. <laughs> and uh, I can remember I remember watching the uh, episode of CSI. And one of my favourite characters died. Oh no! And and I sat there and I. I was just I was tears in my eyes. I, know, I thought, oh my God, I'm crying. Over a, you know, uh, to be fair, it takes very little to make me blub like a small well, child. Know, so I know, it's, I know. I'm a bit, I know, of, I'm I'm a bit, bit like, wetty. When we, when we get uh, um, animal-related uh, programs on uh, the telly, yes, I, okay. I turn those off. Mm. Yes, 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 yes. Too, too, can't cope. Can't too, cope. Too, stressful, too stressful. Too stressful. Anyway, ladies and gentlemen, that is where um, we have to bring episode number 128 to a close. If you uh, want to find out more information about where we are today, uh, then make sure you take yourself to, please, uh, www.seething, that's S-E-E-T-H-I-N-G, dash airfield.co.uk forward slash airday 2016 uh, that'll give you all the details about uh, seeding airfield and its charity air day uh, if you'd like to make a donation to the two charities that they're supporting this year uh, you can do that via our um, podcast uh, via our website uh, you can take yourself to um uh, uh, plaintalkinguk.com and uh, on there we've got a, 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 a PayPal donation. Please only send donations via PayPal because it's the only way that we can identify what it is and make sure you put the reference as seething and then any money that you send us we promise, uh, hand on hearts we will definitely pass oh, that yeah. on to uh, the, the wonderful organisations Say two, two great charities that are being supported the Air Ambulance being one of them um, so yes, yeah, so that's seethingairfield.co.uk seething-airfield.co.uk forward slash air day 2016 uh we had uh, jim on earlier he was telling us yeah. about um the virage, the, virage absolutely yeah. and that is www.virage-heli.co.uk that's www.virage v-i-r-a-g-e-h-e-l-i.co.uk um the legend that is Pilot Pip. I'm sure you all know where his uh, his uh, pages are now. Yeah. That is www.plainesafetypodcast.com. Our website, as I mentioned earlier, www.plaintalkinguk.com. Our email address, if you want to send us feedback like the lovely Jenny did a little while ago, it is podcast at plaintalkinguk.com. And our social media feeds, you've got Facebook and Twitter. Uh, search for Plain Talking UK on both of those. Yeah, so thanks, everyone, for joining us on the live show today in the chat room. Uh, we've, uh, we've, still, we've still got some more content to yep. come, uh, but this is where we're going to wrap up uh, the show for this week. Episode 129 next week. We're nearly yeah, at 130, 130 already. How did that happen? Wow. Indeed, absolutely. So from all of us here, um, as I say, give them a wave, Carl. All right. And from, from me here, yes, indeed, I'll give you a wave as well. Uh, from all of us here, uh, we will see you uh, next week for episode 129. But from all of us here at the Seething Air Show, uh, we'll leave you with a lovely shot of the airfield there. From all of us here, it is goodbye. Bye-bye.